The opinions expressed here reflect the judgment of the host and are subject to change. The material has been prepared and can be distributed for information purposes and is not a solicitation or an offer to buy any security or instrument or to participate in any trading strategy. Additional information is available upon request. Please contact Jason Steele at info at westonbanks.com. Welcome to Media and Your Money with host Jason Steele. Our program will help you make the most of your investment plans, whether it's for your future, your child's future, or short and long-term financial planning. Now, here is your host, Jason Steele. Good morning, East Coast. Wake up and get your coffee, West Coast. Today is Thursday, May 22nd, and I am already thinking great weather, fishing, and some good time at the beach this coming Memorial Weekend with my family. Today we have a special guest, Thomas Hagstrom of F Squared Investments, a tactical manager that has been red hot in the last few few years on uh, predicting markets as they go up and probably getting you out and put, putting your money safely on the side when the markets are going down. Um, we'll interview Thomas in a few minutes, but first, let's look what happened yesterday. Stocks, stocks finished firmly in positive territory on Wednesday's session. The Dow rose 159 points to 16,533. The S&P gained 15 points to 1888, and the NASDAQ closed 35 points higher at 41.31. The major averages rebounded from Tuesday's decline, prompted by commentary from the Fed. The release of the minutes from the April meeting showed the central bank discussed how it should communicate its guidance on interest rates. Policymakers also concluded that the current pace of stimulus is unlikely to cause the pickup in inflation. Now, on the earnings front, the market digested another round of quarterly results by retailers. Shares of Tiffany's jumped about 10% to $96 after its profits topped consensus estimates. Target increased just over 1% to 57 despite some reporting on earnings shortfall and trimming its forecast. And PetSmart dropped 8% to $57 following its reduced full-year outlook. The 10 sectors of the S&P 500 were up on the session. Energy was the best-performing group. Exxon added about 1.4% to $102 as the price of crude oil advanced, and financials also helped lift the market higher. Shares of MasterCard gained 2% to $75.63. Today, I want to go back to what we're talking about with the S&P 500. There are 10 sectors that basically are covered there, and today we have Thomas Hagstrom of F-Squared Investments. Good morning, Thomas. Good morning, Jason. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Tell me, Thomas, you know, how is a veteran like yourself, who probably was trained in modern portfolio theory, end up like a firm like F-squared? Well, I'll, I'll take it one step further, Jason. Um, I got my MBA from the University of Chicago, and I remember uh, the very first day of finance class. Uh, and, and remember, University of Chicago is pretty famous for its finance department. Uh, Professor Lurie, who ran the department, told us on the first day of class, not only should we stay invested in equities all the time, we should stay invested with margin. And margin, obviously, is borrowing some money, almost having a two-to-one uh, you know, uh, exposure to equity markets all the time. Well, this was back in the early 90s, uh, so I'm dating myself a little bit. Uh, but we raised our hand and, and said, but Professor Lurie, what about October of 87? Because that was the most recent you know, market uh, bear market and market correction. And Professor Lurie said, okay, I was wrong one day, but I've been right every other day. 
so really, we found that uh, back you know, in the 90s, we had a period of time uh, over the preceding 20 years where bear markets were very infrequent, uh, and the recoveries were relatively quick. So in that scenario, it was important to stay invested all the time. Uh, it was the right decision. Um, but what we've seen over the course of the last 15 years or so are some very, very significant uh, bear periods. And uh, we saw that, you know, correction in technology uh, in 2000. We saw kind of a crisis of confidence uh, subsequent to what was going on with um, Enron and Tyco in 2001-2002, which caused a very significant uh, bear period within U.S. equities. And then most recently, the financial crisis in 2008-2009. And the wonderful thing about what we do here at F-Squared is we really are interested in making sure that you get some good, healthy upside participation when markets are trending normal, uh, like last year, where we stayed fully invested uh, in most of the sectors throughout the year to get good, healthy up capture. But we really have a focus on downside protection. So we give our strategies the flexibility, the ability to move out of harm's way and remove sectors when they're, uh, when our proprietary model tells us that they're dangerous. And if we run out of healthy sectors, we actually give the strategy the ability to move to cash. So and we that call that resonated. tactical management, right? Because we, that, that, this is the tactical management term we've been using and you've been hearing for four or five years now. That, that's true. Uh, tactical management is, uh, you know, kind of a, a broad brush uh, way of describing uh, the difference between what, what we would consider the traditional buy and hold or getting your uh, risk management through diversification but staying invested all the time, and a tactical manager who gives the strategy that flexibility, the ability to kind of look different uh, from the benchmark, untethering yourself from the benchmark when the benchmark gets dangerous. Now, the only problem with that is, you know, being different is fine as long as you're right, but if you're wrong, that can be a difficult uh, business decision for uh, investment management companies to make. So, so I'm reading some of this uh, material, and we have this, this word called equity risk premiums. And, and the Alpha Sector Fund, which is a program that we use here at Western Banks within the IRA Enhancer Strategy, from what I'm reading, you do believe, as you're saying, it's, it's not as much the company earnings and profits, but a lot of proprietary measurements. And, and that's where it looks, sounds like earlier we are talking, you're, you're out of Boston, um, so, so how do you all uh, uh, identify these variances within your models? Well, uh, again, what we really look at is uh, we pr- take uh, the combined wisdom of the markets. So what we are, we would consider ourselves a momentum model, and, and we also uh, include as an important component in the decision-making process volatility. So that means we're going to try to differentiate between kind of the normal noise, the normal ups and downs of the markets. We're going to look at the S&P in the different sectors. You mentioned the, there are sectors, the 10 different groups that the S&P divides the market in. We actually utilize something called exchange traded funds or ETF, and they're sector ETFs, and, and um, State Street and iShares have put together these almost like financial Legos, I think about them. So instead of having to look at all nine uh, uh, or all 500 of the securities that make up the S&P 500, we can look at those nine sector ETFs that in aggregate would make up the S&P 500. And we do, again, observe what's going on kind of independently, sector by sector, and our model makes a decision. If that sector has a higher chance of making money, then it stays in the strategy and gets an equal weight. 
if on the other hand we see some abnormal panicky prices and it has a higher chance of losing money, we give it our strategy the flexibility to move completely out of that sector. An example of that would have been, if you remember, kind of in the fourth quarter of 2012, Apple Computer. That's, that stock went from a price of around 700 down to around 400 that panicky price action was picked up by our model, and then we eliminated that technology sector. Apple makes up a big component of technology. We eliminated that uh, completely from the strategy, allowing us uh, to take that money and, and distribute amongst the other uh, healthier sectors in order to ensure that we get, again, good, healthy upside. We want that gentleman's B in uh, up markets, uh, but we really want to get the A-plus in bear markets uh, to, to avoid the losses. So we're talking about some ETFs. You're mentioning these extreme traded funds, and um, earlier we talked about energy, you know, being the top performer uh, uh, yesterday in the in the S&P 500. So, are you able to expound on maybe what sectors you're invested in right now? What ETFs that you're holding in your portfolio? Well, um, again, because that's really what clients are paying us for, we uh, tend to uh, talk about things with a little bit of a lag, with about a three-day lag. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I can tell you um, that this year is very different. The, the portfolio, those ETFs, or those sectors that we're invested in today, are a lot different from what we uh, were invested in last year. So, if you remember, last year was a very, very strong. Um, advance kind of across the board. We had, um, uh, you know, the, the S&P 500 up over 30% for the calendar year. Uh, the best performing sector was healthcare, and that was up around 40%. And utilities uh, was the worst performing sector, but it was still up 14%. Wow. So last year, our strategy stayed, you know, invested in between seven and the nine, uh, seven and nine of the sectors. So pretty much. Uh, you know, the model did a very good job of being able to identify that last year was a good, healthy, broad-based advance kind of across the board. Uh, this year is, is a bit different. Uh, this year, the model has actually eliminated four of the nine sector ETFs, so we're currently invested in five of the four. The way that the model works, actually, is our portfolio rules dictate that as long as we have identified four of the nine as being healthy, we'll stay fully invested in equities. So the portfolio rule is that we'll have an equal weight to those healthy sectors to a maximum of 25%. If we were to fall below four sectors, if we run out of those healthy sectors and get below four, that's when we actually use a short-term treasury ETF, which is our cash surrogate. You can almost think of it like an airbag, that we really get the benefit of diversification, the kind of the traditional modern portfolio theory where we don't have all of our eggs in one basket, that we spread it out, spread the risk out. But we have, and and that's almost analogous to a seatbelt, right? And a seatbelt is going to help us, you know, with a fender bender, help us in a bump in the road, help us in normal times. Uh, But what we found, especially in that uh, really severe bear market that we experienced in uh, late 2008 and early 2009, is that that is, uh, while it's necessary to have that diversification, it may not be sufficient in order to protect uh, clients from what we would call downside capture or having their portfolio balance fall precipitously. So that ability to go out and into short-term treasuries when, you know, like that time period, we almost kind of feel like the baby got thrown out with the bathwater. We give the strategy that flexibility, which is analogous to the airbag. So the airbag 
is something that you need. The seatbelt isn't sufficient in, in a head-on collision. You need that airbag, and that's what we give our strategy is that airbag to be able to protect you to avoid those really, really significant drawdowns or drops in your portfolio value. You know, I, I love that analogy because I think I don't care what age you are, whether you're a 21-year-old coming out of college putting money into an IRA or you're someone 70 years old, everybody wants an airbag. You know, I've right. been doing this business about eight. Never a good time to lose money. <laughs> yeah, never a good time to lose money. Well, you know, I have, I have one of my top clients who always says to me, he says, "Just don't lose money. I don't care if you make four percent. Don't lose five. And right. you know, he understands the concept of trying to get that back. And what I want to do is kind of talk about uh, when you actually make these changes. Uh, how does how does making these changes so swift or affect, uh, affect the net asset value as ETFs? But what I want to do, the Thomas, is I want to do that when we come back. So, if you're joining in with us, I've got Thomas Hackstrom, who's a portfolio manager with F Squared, an investment committee member of the Red Hot Alpha Sector Premium Fund. Uh, well, I feel as a fund that's taken Wall Street by storm and aims to limit downside losses by raising cash in times of market stress. So, so come back with us in a few minutes. We'll take a quick commercial break. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time for our special series on the future of business. Learn how you can become the transformational leader who takes your company across the finish line as you look ahead to the next breakthrough wave of innovation. The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Media and Your Money with Jason Steele. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to jason.steele at westonbanks.com. That's jason.steele at westonbanks.com. Now, back to media and your money. Welcome back. And if you're just joining in with us, I'm Jason Steele with Media and Your Money. And the premise of our show is to basically 
help you understand there's a lot of technology that's involved, a lot of uh, access to information uh, that causes uh, the markets to to move up and down. In my opinion, more today than fundamentals. And uh, if you've if you've been listening to our show for the past few weeks, you've heard some f- from some folks that talk about tactical management. You've heard about some folks that you know that uh, all of a sudden when the government makes a, uh, a statement on the uh, on the TV, CNBC, or radio, you'll see some constant volatility. And today we're we're interviewing Tom Sagstrom, a portfolio manager with F Squared Investment Committee. Of a fund that uh, that we use in our IRA enhancer product that you could find at WesternBanks.com, um, called the Alpha Sector Premium Fund. And Tom, when we were finishing up before the commercial break, we were talking about significant losses and how you had this airbag that you all implode with all these algorithms that you guys have run for a few years now. And, um, and let's kind of go back to that. You know, how how to really What's so important about avoiding these big declines? It's not as much as making as much of the upside, and you guys do match the S&P mainly on the upside, but that spread that we see in those downside protections, let's go through that and how how avoiding losses is a big deal. Yeah, Jason, you know, I think there's an interesting interesting quote that we attribute to uh, Warren Buffett, uh, you know, who's a, a very insightful investor, kind of the sage of Omaha, and he says that the number one rule of investing is don't lose money. And the number two rule is don't forget the first rule. That's how important it is. It's the number one and two. Now, we recognize in risky markets like U.S. equities, for example, uh, that it's almost impossible to avoid all losses. Um, but what I think uh, this, the, you know, Warren Buffett was really talking about was if you can avoid the significant losses over time, you're really going to be at a big advantage. And, and we think about that because let's go back to that time period between uh, November of 2007 and March of 2009. The S&P 500 lost 51% from its peak to its trough in that bear period. And the problem with that is that going forward, you've lost 51%, so that damaged portfolio has to work extra hard just to get back to even. In other words, if you lose 51%, you actually have to get over 100% return on that damaged portfolio just to get back to where you were before. So if you can avoid the significant losses, not all losses, but the significant losses, and just kind of get that gentleman's bee during good markets – you'll actually be much uh, further ahead, much going to reach your uh, financial goals in a much more direct manner. And it really is also, I think, really what has resonated with clients with our strategy, that that concept that we're really almost kind of realigning the goals of, of the portfolio manager with the goals of the client. Because, you know, too often early in my career, we were really compensated as portfolio managers just when we, you know, when we beat the benchmark, so our compensation was really tied to beating the benchmark. Well, guess what? If you hired a U.S. equity manager in 2008 and he did a good job of beating the benchmark, he still could have lost a third of your money, right? I mean, the S&P 500 mm-hmm. in that calendar year, 2008, was down 37%. So even if he beat the benchmark by 5% and was giving him, you know, high fives in the hallways and thinking that he did a great job you know, the client would have lost a significant amount of their assets. And that's um, unfortunate. And I think that speaks to why you want to ensure that whatever strategy that you employ, 
you want to make sure that the portfolio manager's goals and the client goals are in line. And, and avoiding those significant losses, I think, will really help the client's experience. And that's really what we're all about at F-squared is enhancing the client experience by making sure that our goals as a portfolio manager and the goals of the client are in line. Early 2009, when we were actually out there with client money, um, we gave that strategy, that flexibility, and the model identified uh, that there really weren't any healthy sectors, and we actually moved all of the money. We were actually uh, had uh, all of the, uh, the the index had all taken the money out of all of the different uh, sectors and were, were basically 100% cash in that late 08, early 09 period. Uh, but to your point. Um, that, that definitely opened eyes. The, the strategy's ability to avoid those significant losses was an important thing. But then that the ability kind of with using our models without having any um, emotion, uh, without overriding what the model was telling us, it told us what, when the appropriate time was to kind of get back in to get that good, healthy up capture in 2009. And so I think it's really that combination that, you know, that, that we think that not only did it open eyes, but it opened wallets, that people really became interested in said, hey, this is something special. This is something that is doing a good job of being able to protect us from those significant losses, not all losses, but the significant losses, um, but also has the ability to go and get that good, healthy upside capture, which I think Without is, leverage, you know, right? Without control. leverage. Right. It's blue chip stocks and cash. Uh, no derivatives, no leverage, uh, no, no investing outside of our, you know, the S&P 500 benchmark. And I have a client of mine, and uh, he's fun to, to work with. And his whole issue is, just don't lose me money. You know, I'm not using leverage, and our returns are very, very healthy. I think our our five year returns are somewhere around the 19 to 20 percent because we're using your fund. Um, now, let's let's talk about that. You know, when we actually move in and out of these sectors, as you make these calls, uh, you're using, as you mentioned, these iShares, these exchange traded funds you talked about. And I know you sell your data and you and you and you manage your data and you have other programs that use you. So, so how does F squared's portfolio rebalancing? affect all these ETFs net asset value when such a large amount of money is flowing between each asset class as you guys have gained more and market share across the country? Yeah, it's really an, a great innovation for us is the development of these exchange-traded funds. And uh, you can think about an exchange-traded fund as kind of a combination of you know the, some of the good characteristics of, of an individual stock in that it's you know transparent and it trades multiple times during the day and we can observe what's going on kind of intraday uh, but it also has some of the benefits of a mutual fund in that you know instead of just one individual stock we're actually getting a group of stocks and so we can actually adjust uh, I don't have to and we don't have to run the models across 500 securities we can actually just run it across nine securities I almost think of those ETFs as like financial Legos. And when that, that particular Lego uh, is dangerous, we can put it back in the box. And then uh, once it has uh, the, the price action has calmed down and, and the, the negative trend has reversed and it's starting to trend upward, then we can go in and reach it out of, back out of the box and put it into the portfolio. We're able to take advantage. I almost kind of think of liquidity uh, or the ability to kind of uh, sell in and out of those ETFs I saw a good slide one time that showed an iceberg, and the uh, the top of the iceberg is above the waterline is almost like the liquidity of those ETFs. So that's the liquidity of just the ETFs kind of that are changing hands um, from a buyer to a seller and vice versa. 
but underneath the iceberg, there's a huge amount of, of uh, area under the waterline, and also there's a huge amount of liquidity uh, in the underlying stocks or those stocks that make up that ETF. An ETF has to have full transparency. That's one of the uh, rules uh, in order to list an exchange-traded fund is you have to see exactly what's in it. There's no surprises, unlike a mutual fund, where we would see the top 10 holdings, but you wouldn't really see what was made up uh, underneath. And because of that, we can take advantage not only of the liquidity of the exchange-traded fund, but also the liquidity of the underlying, what we would call the basket of securities that make up that ETF. So that you're talking about an NAV for um, a mutual fund, in, in the ETF world, we really call, call that fair value. And we say, how is that ETF price compared to the fair value of all of those stocks that make up that ETF? And if there's ever a difference, then that's a true arbitrage opportunity that qualified participants can go in and take advantage of and drive that fair value back to zero. So it really is a, a tremendous help for us to be able to be nimble and to be able to deliver good performance uh, by taking advantage of that kind of two-tiered liquidity, the liquidity just at the ETF level above the waterline, but also the liquidity uh, underneath the waterline of that basket of securities that, that make up um, the ETF. So when you basically go back and look at some returns, can you maybe comment on, because you're doing this nimble movement, and I understand your S&P 500 really is the sectors you kind of mirror against, how is that performance better than the S&P 500? What's, what's the, the, the disparity? Well, I think what we would really kind of say is, you know, we don't want to, you know, last year with the strategy being up, um, you know, north of 30 uh, percent, we would we know it's natural for everyone to kind of look and say, "Why, well, gee, how did how did things go last year?" And I want to just screen and pick those things that did really good last year, or over the last three years, or over the last five years, and that's how I'm going to pick a strategy. And we would say, "Well, that's natural." Um, it's also kind of it can be dangerous and can be disappointing because unless the next you know one three and five years look an awful lot like the past, uh, if you pick a manager based on their historic performance, there's a good chance that you'll be disappointed. Instead, we like to kind of think of the market in three phases, and if the S and P 500 is negative over time, then you should hold our feet to the fire because we've given this strategy the flexibility or that airbag, that ability to kind of look different and get out of harm's way. We're focused on getting the A plus when markets are negative. But when markets are normal, kind of you know flat to up 20% for the S&P 500, that's when you can expect us to kind of get that gentleman's B. You know, we're not always looking to beat the benchmark. We're looking to give you kind of benchmark-like returns uh, because we can adjust and put risk back on. Um, but there is a time. There's no free lunch, and if the market is up, you know, over 30% or over 20%, even you can expect us to probably lag a little bit. But if you look at that combination of getting that good, healthy upside and avoiding the significant down. Turn. I think over the course of the full cycle, you know, you would see a tremendous advantage versus a buy and hold um, that has all that, uh, you know, downside capture during the bear markets. And I love it. I, I mean, I just keep hearing you saying significant downside protection, create the airbag, yep. get you out, limit the downside losses. 
I mean, that that really is what portfolio management is. I think everybody looks at the cocktail party and wants to talk about how they bought Apple 15 years ago, and now it's 500, but really nobody held it for those 15 years. I mean, so yeah, ask, ask, you know, ask, them how they, ask them if they were bragging about that when it went from 700 to 400. I don't think that's they were exactly right. bragging that's, about that, right? That's exactly right. So I'm going to bring us back into our product, which is the IRA Enhancer. Uh, you know, we created the IRA Enhancer UMA strategy, which basically couples you up with a couple other tactical managers. Uh, currently today, uh, F Square and our model has 52% of the money. Um, we have other partners that are in there right now, and our job is to basically redistribute the money you know, month to month uh, with, with where we think the common denominator is for the cycle. And uh, it allows us to go overseas because you don't guys go overseas, and we're seeing some movement in Europe right now based as a common denominator. Um, and the one thing I really uh, love about your product, and for me, is that I've been able to couple it with IRAs. Because you do have some taxes that you get involved in. You do have short-term capital gains as you move money around. And so I find your product a very big benefit to use with IRA money. And, yeah, and it's, it's, it's definitely true because, you know, it, with a tactical manager, if you, if you do have gains, it's always nice to be able to have that in a qualified account uh, to be able to, you know, continue to grow. Um, despite having some uh, capital gains, uh, we, uh, we, again, we don't uh, – make decisions based on, on taxes. So I think it's uh, smart that you're uh, taking full advantage of, uh, you know, the, the IRS rules by using it in qualified accounts. We're going to take another commercial break. And when we come back, if you're just joining us, we've got Thomas Hagstrom, Tom, a portfolio manager with F Squared Investment Committee. And uh, when we come back, we'll also kind of talk about the other programs that you guys run and maybe some new things that you're, you see on the horizon. Great. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Media and Your Money with Jason Steele. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to jason.steele at westonbanks.com. 
That's jason.steele at westonbanks.com. Now, back to media and your money. Good morning and welcome back. If you're just joining us, I've got Tom Hagstrom, a portfolio manager with uh, 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 F-Squared Investments that's been helping us uh, with the IRA Enhancer, with our Alpha Sector Premium Fund being one of the players in there. Um, Tom, I want to talk about basically we use a, a trading platform called InvestNet, and for our product, the IRA Enhancer, which you can find at westonbanks.com, um, we couple you with a couple other managers out there, managers that are tactical. Uh, we believe that the, there is no buy and hold anymore. We think there's too much access to media, too much access to money. I mean, even looking at Apple and Steve Jobs is a good example. When, 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 when Steve Jobs passed away, they had to halt the stock. That wouldn't have been back in the 80s when you didn't have so much readily information through an iPad or iPhone and CNBC. So we basically uh, put you in a portfolio, and uh, we move money that around between the managers to allow us to have the common denominator moving forward. But what I want to talk about is what if uh, what if what if you don't have 50 grand? I've, I've got uh, minimums that we can put in these portfolios for the trading platforms. What if you got five or 10 or 15, and, and quite frankly, maybe even 100? But what if you have smaller money? So where where can you get the Alpha Sector Premium Fund? Well, we're very fortunate to have a very strong partnership that we've developed over a course of a number of years with a mutual fund company named Virtus Investments. And uh, Virtus Investments are going to, we sub-advise, so we're kind of, uh, you almost think about it, you've seen those stickers that say Intel inside. Well, inside some of the Virtus mutual funds is our F-squared strategies. Uh, you can get a U.S. equity strategy. Uh, you can actually also have some other strategies that we have available and are distributed through Virtus. Uh, we kind of built on this. The U.S. equity strategy is our flagship um, alpha sector premium, and it's the one that you know goes back the longest and invests in those nine um, sectors of the U.S. economy with that flexibility to move out of harm's way, move out of those sectors, and even go to uh, cash, and 100% cash if we have to. We actually built out uh, in, in, in a strategy that we call allocator. So we have a portion of the money dedicated to U.S. equities. Another portion of allocator is dedicated to international equities. And uh, we also have a fixed income sleeve and what we call a real asset sleeve, which is made up of gold and REITs. And with allocator, you kind of get a global balanced approach uh, but inside each one of those different sectors of those different sleeves that make up the global economy, again, we're using ETFs, and our model is telling us when those particular ETFs are safe for your money and when they're actually too dangerous. If you think about what happened last year while we stayed fully invested in U.S. equities uh, between seven and nine of the sectors, so kind of almost very bullish across the board, um, remember last year was not a great year for fixed income. So within our allocator, that fixed income portion, we actually had a time period where it had moved 100% cash. So we were able to avoid the significant losses that the, uh, the, the investment-grade bond market, or we call it the bar cap ag, is kind of like the S&P 500 in bond world. The S&P 500 in bond world last year actually had a negative return, a negative 2%. That ability to, to decouple and move into cash, even within a bond portfolio, allowed us to avoid most of those losses. We kind of jokingly say that we had the best horse in the glue factory last year when the bond market, because <laughs> yeah. it was so terrible kind of across the board. But still, pre preserving that, um, that portfolio balance and allowing us to get back engaged and, and back invested this year, again, over the full cycle, the bear market and the bull market, you'll see that that's a really, really um, 
powerful method if we can get that good healthy up capture uh, and avoid those significant losses again putting it together uh, because we know that your experience as an investor isn't just this year's experience it's this it's you know it's last year's times this year's times next year's you want to make sure that you keep that portfolio balance healthy so you almost get the value of compounding back working for you instead of having to go back and reinvent the wheel every time there's a significant uh, negative event within a sector now, I, I love the power of the media and the power of the Internet now for, for us as we look for common denominators. But I just happened to go to your website while we're sitting here talking, and, and right across the front it says, find out how risk protection is critical to achieving investors' goals. And there's this beautiful chart that I have never seen unless it's just launched last night called yeah. Alpha Sector Navigating Past Market Downturns. And mm-hmm. it's amazing some of the things you guys are coming up with that allow you an, uh, the average investor to kind of see how things are going going through. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like the, are there any other fun developments that uh, you guys kind of are working on? I know you've talked about the commodities and gold that are out there, but are there things in the future that you think that are going to change? And where do you think? Honestly, it's a two part question: is how do you think? About, what do you think about the access to media and, and technology today? Mm. Um, well, I think you know, the first part of the question is, you know, my boss, uh, Howard President, would say that our best ideas are still on the drawing board. So uh, it is a relatively young firm, uh, and, and it is, you know, kind of at the forefront of what we would consider rethinking investing instead of just buying and holding and focusing on beating a benchmark. It's de- delivering a product uh, with a client-centric approach uh, to risk management, in other words, giving it that flexibility to kind of, you know, avoid the losses by using cash, using that airbag, um, because we know that the bond market is uh, is a difficult place to invest in now, not only because we saw negative returns last year, but just the overall yield levels are so low. And and what we've seen over the course of, of the last, you know, 25 years is that 60 to 70 percent of the return on a bond portfolio can be explained by the yield at the beginning of the period. You know, so with yields so low, the chances that you're going to get a you know really a good return out of the bond market are very very low. So we have on the drawing boards and, and actually are launching a strategy that we call Mahi, which is multi-asset high income. So we're mm. applying the same type of portfolio rules, that same decision-making engine, and then picking ETFs which actually have you know, either a high uh, dividend or a higher coupon payout, again, allocating to the four best out of the eight, uh, but with that ability to go 100% cash within that if wow. uh, it's so deemed. Yeah, so multi What do you think a yield on that would be probably? About a 4% yield, maybe high twos? Yeah, probably about, you know, again, depending upon which one of the, those ETFs are, uh, are, are healthy and are included at any given time, uh, you know, you could, you could see something, you know, uh, above that, you know, kind of two and a half percent that we're seeing, you know, in, you know, the, with the yield in the bar cap ag. Uh, and again, I think it's really f- important to, to, to understand that we're going to be able to hopefully take advantage of the, the, the intra year movements and be able to kind of capture some, um, you know, more than just the buy and hold, more than just whatever the, the current yield on uh, the, the assets that make up uh, Mahi. 
you know, and, and here at Weston Banks, which is the firm that I started years ago, you know, we, we believe that that buy and hold model is completely dead. And we basically have had to develop a three bucket process, an appreciation bucket, a balance bucket for for four percent income, and then a conservation bucket to hold the money. And since we found you guys, uh, we, we realized we didn't need to have much conservation money because at the same time, while you're allowing us to get the protection, you're giving us the conservation. And, and one and one thing when the market declines and one thing that was uh, as as we go back on and as listeners listen to what Finra and the and the and tries to override is that they want us to sign a piece of paper to to, to let us know how much downside risk we could take. I, I love the question mm-hmm. that says when the market's falling twenty percent, how much would you be willing to take on the downside? And I got to hit a bubble right. that says, okay, well, I guess I can take seventeen, and it really mm-hmm. doesn't define anybody's goals. And I'm like, that is just so off the wall thinking you know when yeah. it comes to it that we have to allow downside we have to allow participation and then we have to go buy and hold and then we have to say well if you had a couple negative years you know th- 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 there's where you're going to get your averages or nine or ten but i love what you guys are saying you've discovered yeah. how these strategies are designed to deliver investment goals that protect assets in declining markets and participate in rising markets you know, and, it, and it's exactly what I think money should be managed. And Thomas, I can't thank you enough for joining us. Um, I think the philosophy of F Square uh, is quite clear. It's simple. It's groundbreaking. Um, the strategies are designed to protect everybody. I'm glad that you're part of our team. I'm glad that we use you here at Western Banks, especially in the IRA Enhancer. And uh, hopefully we can get you back on again and we can talk about the other products that are coming out because I believe the multi-asset high income is going to be the wave of the future as these folks uh, and their Baby boomers just looking for income coming through. So, terrific! Thank you, really thank you very much. The opportunity to, uh, to to participate and really appreciate the partnership. Thank you for uh, for asking. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, my name is Jason Steele. This is Media and Your Money. Uh, next week, join in on the 29th as we talk to another tactical manager, Dorsey Wright, who also has tried to provide some opportunity. They don't go as much cash as F Squared does, but they do give us some global allocation. So when we return next week, you'll hear uh, from Dorsey Wright. So look for the markets today. Look for your information. Look for the common denominator. And don't forget that there's always a time to go draw that airbag and pull out of the market. I'm Jason Steele, Meeting Your Money. We'll see you next week. Thank you again for tuning in this week to Media and Your Money. Please join your host, Jason Steele, again next Thursday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 